Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. Hey there. Hi. Sitting next to my gorgeous wife, E, <laughs> and we have an awesome episode for you today. This episode is specifically for masters, athletes, or anyone that works with masters athletes. So if you are someone that considers yourself a master, then this is exactly for you. And we're talking specifically about some different fitness and nutrition considerations, some things that you might need to do differently than when you were younger. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited about this episode. It came as a question from Jennifer Kane. Uh, so maybe we should play that question for everybody. Roll it. Hi, my name is Jennifer Kane. I am from Bend, Oregon. I am a WAG member. I've been a WAG member since July and have had tremendous success with your program. I love so much tracking my macros and working with my coach. It's been so successful for me. I'm also an avid CrossFitter and have been for the last year. I'm 47 years old. And my question for you guys, I frequently listen to your podcasts, not just the Working Against Gravity, but also the Brute Strength. And my question for you guys is, I am 47 years old, and I'm wondering what information you guys have out there for athletes like myself. I'm of an older generation than it seems the majority of what your podcasts um, are geared toward. I enjoy so much working with the younger athletes because they inspire me so much. And honestly, I don't see a huge difference between myself and them. I often forget that I am 47 and not 30. <laughs> but it just seems to me with a lot of the advice that you guys give, it's it's super effective. But I, I can't help but think that there are differences because of my age between myself and the the audience that you guys usually gear your suggestions and, and tips that, uh, toward. So my question is just, do you ever consider adding information into your regular podcasts for people my age or perhaps doing an episode specifically geared toward master's athletes? You know, ideally, I think that just, you know, mentioning master's athletes in regular programming would be great instead of doing just a simple a simple one-time episode. So at any rate, that's my question. Again, I thoroughly enjoy all the resources that you guys have put out there. It's been life-changing for myself and will continue to partake in WAG and listening to all your shows. Thank you for all that you do for the community and people in general. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Jennifer, thank you so much. First off, we're so stoked that you've had such great results on the program. Thank you for all the kind words and thanks for leaving this question. Uh, I think it's been a long time coming for us to talk about master's athletes in general. Totally. And I also want to mention that you just like immediately make me think of somebody on our team. We call her Mama Wag. Uh, she is Yvette and she's our director of training actually. And she's a master's athlete, total badass. I think she's off of social media right now, so you can't even find her. But usually she's doing uh, like, she's lifting and she's doing uh, flamenco dancing. And I've been actually her coach for 
almost five and a half years. So um, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because it's something her and I talk about all the time. Like what is the difference for her being she's 50? And so I'm really excited to talk about this. So we're going to talk about fitness first and then nutrition. When it comes to fitness, I think the biggest consideration is that you should be thinking about the concept of minimum effective dose. The minimum effective dose is doing the least amount of work possible while still making progress. If you are just starting a new exercise program or fitness program and you go immediately to a very high volume, like a just a ton of work, like the most amount of work you can possibly stand, you will probably see really quick results and your risk of injury goes through the roof. Your risk of hitting a plateau also goes way up. If instead you adhere to the minimum effective dose and just incrementally and patiently increase your workload and the intensity, like the weight on the bar, then you can make improvements over a really long period of time and stay injury free. As a master's athlete, as really any athlete, but more and more as you get older, the biggest competitive advantage is staying injury free. When you get injured and you're out for three to six months, your competitors are gaining on you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Longevity is going to come from this minimum effective dose um, strategy. Uh, and I know that that actually might be hard considering that you, like Yvette also, which is why I think you guys are so similar, you're training with younger athletes and you like training with younger athletes and they're probably spending more time in the gym than you and they're doing things of a higher volume and they're like their training is going to look a little bit different than yours. Um, So I think it could be easy to get wrapped up into that. But yeah, I would definitely really focus on doing less, just doing less really, really well. Going along with that is you should also consider prioritizing intensity over volume. So intensity is how much weight is on the bar, shorter time domains and workouts. So a 20 second sprint is a higher intensity than a two minute sprint. Doing something at 95% for fewer reps is higher intensity than doing something at 70% with greater reps. Volume is more of a contributor to overuse injuries. Intensity definitely plays a role, like the overall load volume times intensity. They both play a role, but volume is what is the real killer. So if you have to make trade-offs in your training program, try to prioritize doing things shorter and harder rather than more reps and longer. And is there any difference in like the phase of a training program? Would there be a buildup to this and then, or would you recommend like staying in this realm? That is a great question. And that's a little bit of a bigger discussion. But just in general, if you have to make trade-offs, if you're, especially if you're just kind of programming for yourself and you're not following a very strict program Mm -hmm. and you're trying to decide if you should do 10 sets of 10 back squats or five sets of three, just to use a very simple uh, arbitrary example, go for the five for three. Um, And then also, I think what's really, really important here. Uh, is to focus on technique and body mechanics. So just moving your body really well, that is going to contribute to that competitive advantage of remaining injury-free. So focusing on form from the second that you pick up the empty barbell for your first warm-up rep, 
I think this is more than just for master's athletes, but especially for master's athletes, focus on the quality of your movement, the integrity of your movement. What are you, you know, take it seriously and don't just like willy nilly just throw the barbell around just to like move your body and get warm. Um, focusing on how your body moves, how it feels, uh, the mechanics of the way that you're moving your body. It's going to help you remain injury free. And then also it's going to help you lift more weights and do, do the movements that you're trying to do better. So that could be running. It could be you're, you're talking about CrossFit, so it could be kettlebell swings or wall balls or whatever it is that you're trying to get better at. Doing it well, even in the warm-up sets, is going to contribute to you doing it well when you're under fatigue or you're pushing yourself a little bit harder. So let's talk about nutrition. Well, I want to say one more thing about training, actually, because I actually just listened to a podcast yesterday of somebody that was talking about injuries and um, how to avoid injuries and something that... I mean, you've never heard me say this, and it's not even on our list, but it's right here. But uh, something that they mentioned on the podcast was doing, um, like, con- doing, taking a period of time to do movements that are different from the ones that you do all the time. So I know that you love doing this, but just, you know, a lot of people talk about like, you have a back injury, you want to stabilize, like stabilize or work on your core. And this person was kind of refuting that and saying that taking a period of time to do more GPP exercises like Turkish get-ups or like exercises that you just don't normally do in your training, adding that in there for a period of time just to focus on like endurance and fitness can then contribute to you remaining more injury-free when you do go back to the exercises that you do want to do really well. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be really cool for a master's athlete. Love it. So moving on to nutrition, because of the fact that we recommend your you prioritize intensity over volume, your total workload will be a little bit lower. And the amount of calories that you're expending on top of your resting metabolic rate, like the, the amount of calories you just burn if you were to sit on the couch all day, are going to, going to be lower. We tend to move a little bit less as we age. And that's one of the reasons why you might not need as many calories. And this is something that just should be monitored over time. You know, you can pay attention to the way you feel, pay attention to the way your body changes, um, pay attention to your performance in the gym, and then adjust things as you're noticing changes. And as you're getting older, your metabolism is also going to change. Um, And it's another reason why you may not need as many calories. um, And that's just another thing to monitor over time. So I I, I don't want to say like all people as they age needs to eat fewer, but generally that tends to be the case as we get older, we move less, we're, um, we just don't, we're not operating through life as at high of an intensity. So we burn fewer calories and our body adapts. So, And the uh, best way to really keep track of this is to weigh and measure your food and track your macros. That's mm-hmm. like the most precise way of doing it. And if you're not doing that, that's totally fine. And it, it, you may just consider changing your expectations about how much food you need. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone, the, the absolute best way, in my opinion, the best way to build a better relationship with food and know what your body needs is to really just pay attention to your energy levels, your mood and start and monitor, Hey, when I eat this much and I eat these foods, it makes me feel this way. So you might just keep an open mind and not expect yourself to eat as much as you're used to. Yeah. 
And something I've noticed a lot working with, especially women that are in the master's category, is that they go through menopause, which um, I know there's hormonal shifts for men too as they age as well, but um, this is a pretty significant change that's happening for women where you're losing your period and um, it's just changing a lot of the mechanisms that are happening in the body. And this can, for many women, affect them wildly different. So you're going to have some women who um, just they gain a lot of weight, they lose muscle. Some women actually experience the ability to gain muscle. Some people, there's like just so many different things that could be happening. And this is a period of time where I highly encourage women to experiment with different things. So because you are now going through a period of time where your body is now functioning differently, the results are gonna be different for something that you've been using previously. Mm -hmm. So maybe you want to try a higher fat diet when you were previously using a higher carb diet. Um, I work with Amy Everett, also considered a master's athlete. I believe she's 43. And she just recently, we switched her over to like way higher fat and lowering her carbohydrates. And she just felt dramatically different in training. And she started experiencing weight loss again. And this is not something I would have recommended when we started maybe working together six years ago. So um, because everything's starting to change, it might mean that the things that were normally working for you are not going to be working for you anymore. So just try not to get frustrated there. And it could be a good Thing to experiment with different food items, with different compositions of macronutrient ratios, and um, that could stoke some progress for you. Can you say menopause anymore? I thought it was womenopause. <laughs> that is like, she did not so like not even a funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> not funny. Uh, All right, Jennifer, thanks for the question. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.